0: I love this job. Amen. <laughs> oh, goodness. Entrega to Biblia a Mateo Seis. I just wanted him to know you're not the only one that knows Spanish. Amen. <laughs> no, I can't stay there any longer. That's all I know. <laughs> Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, one verse this morning. Thank you so much, Marshall, for a tremendous uh, word. Thank you, choir, and all the musicians that had a part in everything. Thank you for being here this morning. It's a great crowd, and we do thank the Lord. I want you to just think about a. I I just got two points this morning, so it won't last long. I was. <laughs> I want us to think about this morning, it's time to make up your mind. Make up your mind. We spend a lot of time, the older we get, I mean, we get in the car together, my wife and I said, babe, where are we going to eat? We just sit there. And I say, make up your mind. Yeah. Does anybody else have that problem? I I gathered someone did. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, would you stand please in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Father, thank you how we've been blessed thus far. We ask you to continue to let your Holy Spirit have control of every thought, every word, every action. Lord, we don't want to do anything that would devalue you today. We want to lift up the name of Jesus. We want your spirit to have freedom to do as he pleases. And we're going to continue to praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we continue on the Sermon on the Mount. We're reminded, and I know you hear this week after week, but I want to remind you again with this backdrop in mind that the Lord Jesus Christ is our king. It doesn't apply to everyone. Some scriptures do apply to everyone. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's for anyone. The Bible says God committed his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died on the cross. That's for everyone. The Bible says God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's for everyone. But there are portions of scripture, and this is some, that you cannot claim the promises, you cannot enjoy the truth, you cannot experience the benefits until you've had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's called the miracle of salvation, the phenomenon of salvation, of being saved, of being justified, of being on your way to hell, and suddenly the Lord Jesus Christ turned you around, and now you're on your way to heaven. And I want to remind you this morning, the best part of heaven is not the golden streets. It's not the pearly gates. It's not the buffet food. It's not the Crystal River. The best part of heaven is being there with the one who saved our soul, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're reminded as Jesus continues this sermon, those of us who name the name of Jesus, those who claim he has personally touched our lives, those who say the Lord has opened our eyes and pierced our hearts, We're reminded that there's coming a day when he shall reign. There's coming a day when he's going to sit on the throne. There's coming a day when he's going to run his own kingdom. Can you imagine living in a world where the Lord Christ I mean, where Jesus ran everything, you're living in that world? 2 Corinthians 4 reminds us that there's a God in this world. It's a little God, little G. There's a God in this world that has blinded the minds of people. We wonder why when we try to lead people to Jesus that they can't get saved because the devil has blinded their minds. The gospel's trying to shine through, but it cannot shine through effectively because this little God of this world has blinded their minds. But during the millennium, the devil's gonna be locked up. You you didn't hear that. During the millennium, the devil's gonna be locked up. I, 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 I just, oh, Can you imagine one day without having to fool with the devil? Just one day and you don't have to fool with the devil? One week, one year, one, one, one decade, you don't have to fool with the devil? In the context of Matthew 5, 6, 7, it's not a day, it's not a week, it's not a month, it's not a year. But for 1,000 years, the devil is going to be locked up. I'd say worth saying hallelujah. I wish you'd help me preach. Hallelujah. Amen. I just like to not fool with him for a day. The Bible says he's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Literally, that means that when he smells blood or tastes blood, he's going to pounce on it even more. And that's his desire right now. You say, well, preacher, I've got to wait till the millennium to get all of that. No! He could be king right now in your life. He could be king tomorrow in your life. He can be king of your home. He can be king of your habits. He can be king of your hope. He can be king of your friendships. He can be king in your marriage. He can be king in your job, in your music. He can be king in deciding what you're going to wear. He can be king in your thought life and your attitude and your thankfulness and your worship and your serving the Lord and your singing and your praising if you'll carve a spot in your heart, in your life, Mm. if you get yourself off your throne and let him go on it, he may be able to rule your life. Don't make your investments here on this earth. We looked at that at the first part of this scripture last week because when you do, the investments here on this earth can be corrupted. They can be stolen. Oh, make your investment in heaven. Aren't you glad stalkers can't break into heaven? (laughs) Thieves can't touch heaven. There's never going to be a time when somebody was watching the pearly gates, but they had to go to the bathroom and somebody slipped in while they were gone. (laughs) Not going to happen. The stuff. Make sure your investments are up there. The question is, have you sent any investments up there? You say, what are you going to have in heaven? You're going to have exactly what you've sent up their head. That's what you're going to have in heaven. I don't believe we'll all live alike in heaven. I think that's contrary to the principles of the word of God and the blessings of God. Rewards are based on performance. Now listen, before you jump out and run out of here, remember we we taped this so you can lie about me, but I can prove you wrong. I'm not telling you that you've got to to perform in order to be saved. I'm telling you if you have been saved, you will perform. I'm telling you if you have been saved, you will love the word of God. You will love the people of God and you'll love the church of God. say, I want the best heaven I can have. Then you ought to live the best earth you can have. You ought to be living it now. Tiptoeing around for God on this earth, and then we're gonna walk into heaven looking for our stuff. Y'all just thank God you got there. You need to walk on in, sit down on the back row over there and just keep your mouth closed. You say, Preacher, where's your, my mansion? Oh, you just thank God you got here. Where's my house? You don't have one. You're gonna to have to rent. I wanted to invite everybody over supper at my shack, but it's not big enough. (laughs) Can you imagine saying, Lord, you built me this mansion, but the basement's not finished. Why would the Lord build a mansion and the basement not be finished? Well, it might be because you quit the ministry. It might be because you got out of the choir. It might be because you quit teaching Sunday school. It might be because you quit driving a bus or running a bus route. It could be because you quit your job, God quit building your mansion. Some of you are going to have a two-by-four studs up there, and that's about it. Quit reading your Bible. Quit soul winning. In fact, it's almost fun. I'll be preaching tonight uh, in Nederland, Texas, and... uh, I've got a guy down there that he just thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Us old folks and fogies and all of that talking about soul winner. Well, the Bible says he that winner souls is wise. So you just run your mouth all you want to. I hear people every day, I want to serve God, but I can't. My heart's in the right place. If you could just see my heart, preacher, I do see your heart. The nasty mouth and the immodest clothes you wear, I see your heart. The Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the heart the, are the issues of life. Please don't tell me during deer season that I wasn't there, but my heart was. My spirit says. Because we don't need any more demonic spirits in this place. You keep your spirit to yourself. Amen? Well, if you put the stuff that you value the most and you treasure the most According to the word of God, your heart will follow your treasure. The lostness that characterizes the average believer, it blows my mind that, that we can see people who've never stepped foot in a church for 50 years, never done anything for the glory of God, never prayed, never read the Bible, never done anything. Oh, but I know I'm saved, preacher. Well, I hope you do because I'm not sure. Sure. See, I, I think the Bible teaches that when you get saved, there ought to be a little evidence of it. There ought to be some kind of fruit of it. You're not going to heaven because you've got directions on how to get there. If you go to heaven, it'll be by the blood of Jesus Christ. My steps are ordered in the Lord, but if he cannot lead me and I won't let him lead me, wow, no man can serve two masters. Jesus is challenging these disciples. Who is it that really ticks you and makes you work, torques you up, makes you happy? We talk about being a self-made man, living the American dream, got it going on, everything's well off, and there's nothing wrong uh, if you've got money. Praise God. Listen, it's not going to set green green in on your britches leg because you've got money in your pocket. There are things you have to have money to do. You had to have money in Jesus' day to do it, and you've got to have money today to do it. I'm not saying that. If you're telling me this morning that you're surviving with zero dollars, I'm telling you, you're a mooching off of somebody because it takes money to live. Money is not bad. But what he's saying here is when it comes to him being king, Him being Lord, what really makes you, I mean, it's time you make up your mind. Is it him or is it somebody else? Is it him or is it something else? Is it him or is it fame? Is it him or is it your clothes? Him or your car? Him or your house? Him or your career? Him or your stuff? Make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Two things. Number one, this statement is absolute. And I know that I'm preaching to some younger uh, millennialists and all, and you don't believe in absolute truth. But I'm telling you, according to the Word of God, there is absolute truth. And this is absolute truth. No man can serve two masters. That's truth. Uh, there, there's no exceptions, there's no exemptions, there's no exclusions. It's absolute fact, no man. It's, it's truth, principle, value statement. We're not going to read the paper one day and find out one of y'all discovered that you can serve two masters because it's absolute truth. You cannot. You cannot. Now, here's the question I got. How many of you believe you cannot serve two masters? Amen. Then why are we trying? I mean, if we cannot serve two masters, then why are we trying to? Because everywhere you look, it's almost like uh, the average Christian is certainly not sold out to Jesus. The world system is built so that we can't love Jesus like we're supposed to love Jesus. Jesus. We sign up as a customer of the world and say, Help me be a good Christian. Folks, the TV's not gonna help you be a good Christian. The radio's not gonna help you be a good Christian. The internet's not gonna help you be a good Christian. Most of the people out there are not gonna help you be a good Christian. You're not gonna find it in the world. You've got to live above the world. You've got to live in a supernatural kingdom. You've got to live in a spiritual kingdom. You're walking on grass in a wicked world. You're living in a house in a wicked neighborhood, and you've got to find out a way that you can walk with Jesus in the midst of that. And he says, no man can serve two masters. Now, listen to me. Though I'm not talking to y'all. None of y'all would do this. It's the church down the road. But if you're one of those people who are normally critical of extreme Christians, what other kind are there? Huh? (laughs) Oh, those people are narrow-minded. Weird. (laughs) Old-fashioned. Every moderate Christian that you read about in the Word of God goes back to the world. They go back to the world. Because, see, you're not godly enough. You've got to do it. It's got to come from somewhere else. That's being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. The love, the supreme, the sincerity, the sacrificial love, and the submissive love, and the sustained love. You, You say, you know, I've... A lot of people think you've got to hate your wife in order to love Jesus. You've got to hate your kids, hate your father and mother in order to love Jesus. That's the most ridiculous thing I've heard of in a long time. When you get down to the bottom of it, what he's saying is, is our love for Jesus ought to be so strong. It ought to be so evident that when you compare it to how we love our families, it's a drop in the bucket. It's not that we hate our family. We love Jesus. He's got to be everything. He said, you're not going to serve two masters. You're going to love one or you're going to loathe the other. And loathe means to hate or despise. You see, you don't hate sin enough because you don't love Jesus enough. When you fall in love with Jesus, you'll love the things he loves and you'll hate the things he hates. Now, there's nobody in this place this morning, hopefully, that would say, I hate Jesus we would just devalue him. We would just disregard him. We would just make him of no importance. For example, you can go all day without ever speaking to Jesus. When's the last time you went all day with someone you really loved and didn't even speak to? You're not gonna do that. In fact, you know, Some of you have said, I love Jesus so much it's just almost mechanical. And then, you know, when you kind of get mechanical of that, you'll dress it up with a little charismatic, I love Jesus. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he died on Calvary for our sin. We love him because we can't do without him. You can do without a preacher. You can do without music. But you can't do without Jesus. We love him because we remember what it was to be lost one time. We love him because nobody talks to us like Jesus does. We love him because his line is never busy. He's a burden bearer. When you're hungry, he's the bread. When you're thirsty, he's the water. When you're lonely, he's the comfort. In the midst of the storm, he's the peace in the midst of it. He gives grace when you don't deserve it and mercy when you ought to get punishment. And he's written us a love letter from Genesis to Revelation and the Holy Ghost reminds us to love him. That's why we love Jesus. You can't serve two masters. Now here's... Let's just bring it close. Here's what he's saying. Here's an employer, okay? Some of y'all in this room are employers, okay? Do you think that this employer, if you had an employee that came in to this workplace and clocked in, and he's going to clock in and work for him, you're going to pay him by the hour, and he says, I'll be back in a little while and then he leaves and goes over to another employer and clocks in over there, are you going to let him do that? Huh? No. You cannot serve two masters. That's what he's saying. You will either hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. I want to tell you, There are a lot of Christians today putting in some part-time hours looking for full-time benefits. Let me give you the second point and we're through. Look at the promise. The promise is you cannot serve God and mammon. Hmm. Mammon is a word for materials. This is a materialistic world we live in. We're programmed to be stuffed crazy. We, we, we don't even know it. We don't even recognize it. Parents, you know, somewhere, I know I'm going to be the bad guy in this, but there ought to be a limit to how much of this junk your kids can watch on these iPads and pods and Xboxes and all of this stuff. There, there ought to be a limit to it. We, we want the next best thing, the next best toy, the next best phone, the next best shoes. We redid our closet this way. I didn't know you had that many pairs of shoes. I did not know that. We want the very next best of everything, amen? And if we're not careful, what we do is we rate our success based on what we got. That's how successful we are. Uh, my wife, and this is a good thing, she will tell me, go to Dillard's and find one of those cheaper shirts. I ain't never found none cheap in Dillard's. Now she can go and get a 90% off and then a 40% off to 90% off and walk out of there with a cheap shirt. I ain't never found that yet. Never. But you want to test how happy people are. You, you watch them coming out of that mall there with bags full of stuff and the look on their face, and then you let that joker come to church and you watch them walk out of church. Mm-hmm. You, you, you leave the church as happy as when you leave the gym? Mm-hmm. You're reading your Bible, you get up off your knees kicking your heels like you do when you get a paycheck there, there's there's nothing wrong with with uh with having things I, I preach around and sometimes they'll put me in what they call a prophet's chambers many of them are just like the original Elijah prophet chamber has a bed and a lamp and a table and that's it and I'll think well maybe the preacher just Solid. He don't want to do this worldly stuff. You know, so I'll say something like, is there a place in town where you can get a hamburger and catch up on the sports scores, you know, and all that? Oh, he said, come on over to the house. I, uh, we can do it at the house. He got eight TVs over there. there. There's nothing wrong with, with having stuff. I'm almost through. If we're not careful, We try to program people to be Christians that we aren't. (laughs) I hear them say, I can't believe she said that. Well, let's put a camera on you all week and let's see what you say. Hmm? I used to hear people say, and I used to wonder too, I can't believe they left the house dressed like that. Now I look at them and say, I wonder how long it took them to get in that thing. (laughs) We want to be trendy. We want to be the status quo. And I believe what the Lord is saying. It's time to quit playing games. Make up your mind. You cannot serve two masters. It's not going to happen. Pray for me, I'm struggling. And then I get to talking with folks, and I thought, You ain't struggling. Struggling means you're putting up a fight, trying to. You ain't even put up a fight against the devil. You're struggling to make it look like you're struggling. I better quit. I was reminded of a true story. It happened in uh, Cambodia some folk from America were there and they were touring the place missions and trying to think about where they would plant churches and all that and they looked out there and there was a field and there was an old man linked up to a plow and the younger man was was guiding the plow and the old man was pulling the plow like a horse and the missionary said wow Uh, or the, the people there with the missionary said wow you know, we need to see about getting him a horse. Or he said, hey, you don't want a horse or a mule. He said he had a mule. He said, what happened to the mule? He said, well, they're building a church down here in the village. And all he had to give to the church was that mule. And so he gave that mule to the church and then now he's pulling the plow. They take turns, him and the younger son take turns pulling the plow that the mule used to pull. And the American said, wow, what a sacrifice. And the missionary said, they didn't look at it like that. They said, what a blessing that we've got a mule we can give for the glory of God. Hey, we better make up our mind. What master are you going to serve? God, or are you going to serve mammon? It starts with you getting a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here and you've never been saved, you've never had a time. Listen, this is, we're in a war. We we heard even the Marine talking about the physical war, but he also talked about the spiritual war. The devil is not going to let up. He is not going to let up. We've got to rise up. And let the Holy Spirit lead us. Maybe you need to be saved today. Maybe you need a church home today. Maybe you just need to come to this altar. And say, Lord, I'm going to make up my mind. See, I, you know, I don't want to be ugly, but sometimes I feel like God's saying, look, if you're going to flirt with the devil, go ahead and go with the devil. Don't be lukewarm. If you're going to flirt with him, go ahead and go with him. But if you're going to go with Jesus... Make him Lord. Father, thank you this morning for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We've been so blessed this morning. I pray today that your spirit would guide every person that's under the sound of my voice. Lord, don't let the devil have anything to do with this invitation. I pray people would not be moving around. I pray, God, that every Christian in this building would begin to pray and seek your face and ask you to do a great work right now. Lord, for those that need to be saved, would your spirit so impress upon them? Those that need a church home, Lord, you speak to them. If it's not here, then show them where they need to be. But they need to be somewhere serving you faithfully. And then, Lord, maybe there's just a lot of us that just need to say, Lord, I've been wishy-washy. And today, I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to go with Jesus. I'm going to go with Jesus. Have your way, sweet Jesus. In your name we pray. Would you stand with me as brother?